The biggest entrepreneurs are mothers in underdeveloped countries, figuring out creative and innovative solutions to ensure their family's sustainability. We use sexy terms associated to tech and industry, but entrepreneurship is not just for the illuminated. It starts within. Creative thoughts come during meditation. People have this idea that you should clear your mind during meditation. And actually what happens is that meditation clears your mind from toxic thoughts, you know, from the noise. And it creates space for you to come up with beautiful things, beautiful creative solutions and, and beautiful innovative ideas. And you don't even know you have that inside of you if you not create space for it to happen. Welcome to Papa PhD with David Mendez, the podcast where we explore careers and life after grad school with guests who have walked the road less traveled and have unique stories to tell about how they made their place in a world of constantly evolving rules. Get ready to go off the beaten path and hop on for an exciting new episode of Papa PhD. Hi, David here. I'm publishing this episode of Papa PhD during the COVID-19 crisis. A lot of you out there are following the social confinement recommendations and working from home. I hope you're keeping safe while taking care to stay active and connected with your friends and family. With everyone staying mostly at home and limiting social interactions to the bare minimum, I decided this would be the time to meet you, to chat with you. I'd really love to hear from you, to know where you're listening from, and to hear about your reflections on the PhD experience and how you envision your future professional life. So, if you want to talk with me for 15 minutes, go to papaphd.com forward slash 15 minutes with David. That is papaphd.com forward slash 15 minutes with David. I'll put the link in the episode show notes. And choose a date and a time. We'll meet on Zoom, and I will give you a shout out in the following episode. And now for today's episode. This week I'm talking with Inês Campos Costa. Inês believes that by becoming the finest version of ourselves, we are the best agents of change for a beautiful and memorable existence. She's passionate about facilitating individuals' self-awareness, supporting a better understanding of others and the development of human and social skills. Inês is always up to a good challenge or project that has a purpose aligned with her values and an insured ticket to develop new skills and enjoy the ride of life. Within this scope, she is working with Insights Discovery as an associate consultant and with Chaperone as a career advisor. She is also collaborating with the research institutes to develop a tech transfer program, nurturing her own natural entrepreneurial vein and creating a new concept of event to empower health practitioners. Inés is a board member of the Portuguese National Young Youth Entrepreneur Association and a member of the advisory board of H Partners for Life. Welcome to the show, Inés. Thank you, David, for having me. My pleasure. Super happy to have you here and, uh, and uh, to hear about your story and, and your journey. So from your intro that we just heard, a lot of what you do revolves around helping others set objectives for themselves and reach them. We'll talk about exactly what your projects are later on, but 
let us know a little bit more about where you come from and where in your journey you developed this drive to help others. Okay, so I'm going to try to make a long story short. <laughs> um, try to focus on the facts and then you can ask me whatever you want. So I actually studied to become a medical doctor. I studied medicine in Portugal. And when I finished, I decided to do a post-graduation in management. And I did not, so I did not pursue a medical career. While I was doing that post-graduation, I started working for Philip Morris International. And while I was working at Philip Morris International, I had a lot of uh, professional experiences over there. It was wonderful. And I actually had some other parallel experiences. I was, I was a deputy in the Health Parliament Initiative in Portugal. I presided the Committee of Ethics in Health. And I was also invited to be a member of the board of directors of the National Young Entrepreneur Association, where I still sit today. And eventually the day came when someone uh, asked me if I would like to follow another challenge in another company. So I changed to a pharmaceutical company. While I was there, I started doing a Master in Business Administration, an MBA, in September 2018, which should be finishing anytime soon, but now is only going to finish in December <laughs> because of this crisis. And eventually, last year, 2019, in July, I left the company, uh, the pharmaceutical company, and I decided to invest more in some fields of study that I'm passionate about. So this is when I started uh, studying other things. I did the practitioner in neurolinguistic programming. I got accredited in the insights discovery methodology, which is based on Carl Jung's investigation on uh, psychological preferences. I also did a MOOC on positive psychology with University of Pennsylvania. And I started my certification as a coach. And this is basically what I've been doing in terms of studying. And I also embraced some beautiful new projects as a career advisory in advisor in Chaperone. I know you interviewed Pedro Rezend earlier in January this year. And I also, I'm also creating a new concept of events to empower health practitioners with two friends. And I'm involved in a tech transfer project. So, Wow, a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh... Just to start by the, the beginning, you, uh, you uh, went into medicine and uh, I remember I, I did biology and at the time, a lot of us, when, when we go into the biosciences, you know, either our parents or even ourselves, the kind of the, the dream is medicine. <laughs> and uh, you, you got into medicine and uh, how many years uh, did, you, did you study? Six years. And at a certain point... Uh, clearly something clicked and you you decided uh, that, that you were not going to become a practicing doctor. Can you share a little bit about that? Uh, you know, what was the reflection? Uh, how, how, you know, how that, that decision came up? Sure. So, well, medicine is a, a beautiful uh, field of study. So I am, I'm, Happy for, for having studied medicine. It was a wonderful um, phase of my life. I have some beautiful friends from that time. And eventually what happened is that I couldn't see myself practicing medicine for the rest of my whole life, you know? There came a point when I thought, I'm going to be working until I'm maybe 70, 
maybe 75. I have no clue what will happen by then. So if I'm going to work so many years and, and medicine is kind of a roller coaster, you know, it's this huge commitment, not only professionally, but personally. And I thought if I want to try new things, if I want to try different things, if I want to explore these skills and these passions that I have inside of me, and I have to do it now because if I postpone it, there might come a day where, when I will be paying um, for a house and I will maybe be married and maybe have kids and I will have so many obligations and I will definitely not make that kind of decision um, of pursuing something that, something that I'm not even sure what it is. So that was basically what happened. And it's, it started more or less, I mean, medicine is definitely not an easy uh, course. And it's funny because I remember when I was starting the, the um, studying medicine, when, when, I, when we are in high school, everyone tells you that you should be studying a little bit every day because that actually helps you. And this was my method. And then I got into the university and I tried to study a little bit every day, but I was so overwhelmed. There were so many contents. There were so many things, so many new things, so many new people. And eventually I realized that university life is absolutely different from high school as everyone does. And I sort of think, I, I sort of felt like I was always trying to keep up with university for a while. And there was, a, there was always a reason. I mean, it's six years. So there was always a reason why I would go to the next year. So, I mean, the first year is, is you know, the, the year where you're studying the basics of the basics. So you have to get to the second one. And then on the second one, you, have, you start having like physiology and you start enjoying it a little bit more. So why not go to the third one? And then on the third one, you start seeing patients. And you think, okay, so this is this might not be exactly the right thing for me. However, next year I'm on the fourth year, and in the fourth year you're doing a medical practice like every day, practically. Uh, you're doing rotations in the hospital, so you're still doing the theory, but the focus is much more on the practice. So let's go to the fourth year. So now I'm on the fourth year, and I think it's only two years until it ends. You know, I'm not gonna go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you've already put four years into into the the thing. Why not exactly. finish it? But then the thing is, if you had then gone on to continue, there would be more years of specialization, right? Exactly. I so your yeah yeah your life wouldn't resume until three, four, five years later, something like that. Yeah. So I would have finished my medicine studies in two thousand and thirteen. I would have done. Uh, sort of a, a general year, everyone does it in Portugal. And then I would still do a specialization from four to six years. And that's when I thought, I mean, I can pick up, I, pick, I can pick this up anytime in my life. I mean, imagine if with this crisis, all of my projects go nuts and off the window, I can still go get, a, become a, a bookworm again and study a lot and commit myself into it. And I know that I, I, I have the capacity to do it. Everyone does. You just, you really have to put, to put your focus into it and in your heart into it. So I can do that at any time. I mean, so there was no reason to. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And the thing also is, you know, having been, uh, having seen doctors during my life, it's, I feel that it's really important that 
you're passionate when you when you go into that path you know that that's it's going to be the main part of your life and and you probably depending on what you do you may not even be able to see your family a lot it's it's a it's a big uh it's a big uh commitment for sure so you know you better do it if you're very passionate about it but you were passionate about other things and that's what has me curious right now what were were these other things that you were kind of putting on mute during these four five six years that were kind of asking to come out at the at the end and that made you decide to to look uh, elsewhere okay so it's it's actually quite funny <laughs> before i go um before i answer your question i'm actually just going to say that it's kind of ironic right now in my life that I'm a little bit getting back to the human behavior, studying psychology and Carl Jung. And uh, I'm actually sort of thinking, like, should I go and study psychiatry? Because it's the kind of thing that it's very suitable with what I'm into. <laughs> no, but what happened was that um, during my, my medical studies, um, I was... I interacted a lot with the, um, the teachers from the different disciplines. I was in what we called the course commission. It's kind of a student association, but only for our, our own year. And I was a representative for my class. And I also had a, a role in, in the course commission. So I started realizing that I, what really got me thrilled was the organization part, you know, like doing getting all these people together, talking with the teachers, doing the diplomatic thing, um, involving all parties, uh, negotiating eventually the, the schedules, the groups, uh, the works, the, the, um, the deadlines to deliver the works. And, and this got me ticking and it got me thinking there's so much more than medicine. And there was a point where I realized, I mean, my, my mother is a teacher and my father is, is a manager and my, my grandfather and my, my uncle are, doc, are doctors, but I didn't live with them. And I, so I always heard these conversations about business from my father and from my father's friends. And I started thinking, uh, I speak a lot about medicine and when I'm with doctors, we we basically speak so much about medicine and so little about other things. And there's such a huge world with so many amazing and fascinating things to explore outside. And I just need to, to know more of that world. <laughs> mm-hmm. So curiosity uh, and also a kind of a, a taste for activities where you interact with other people, discuss ideas create plans uh, you know uh, okay so this 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 makes sense uh, and uh, and so you decided that that's where you were going to go we'll talk ab- about how you know what were your first steps uh, in a, in a bit but one of the the things that i imagine happened um was uh, that at the end you must have told people around you hey guys by the way I'm going to f- to finish my medicine, but I'm going to do something else. How was how was dealing with that? Uh, how was your family's reaction? How did you navigate <laughs> that situation? That can be emotionally, you know, distressing for others who have expectations of what's going to happen happen with you. How did that go for you? It's good that you're asking me that now and not a couple of years ago because. Um there were still some topics that were actually not very well um, 
spoken in my family <laughs> because I mean it's very hard you you nurture an expectation on people around you your parents are expecting you to become a doctor I mean everyone has this idea of the doctor as this person that's sort of like a priest you know it has this kind of knowledge that no one else has but if you think about it lawyers is the same so i mean it's just there's a thing about doctors so everyone had this expectation i studied so much to get into medicine i studied so much to get out of medicine <laughs> and so it was very very hard um my mother was more I mean, she accepted it a little bit more. She was very afraid, but she was supporting me. For my father, it was very hard to deal with. I think he was very, very much afraid of what life would be for me, how hard it could become. Because when, I mean, in Portugal, when you become a doctor, it's, it's changing now. But until some years ago, when you studied to become a doctor, you would most likely have definitely a job. I mean, you would have to maybe leave your, your city you would have to maybe go away and not see your family that often, but, but you would have a job. And this is something that most of the, of the professions cannot uh, say, you know, most people have to struggle to get a job. And this is becoming a reality too with doctors. But well, leaving that aside, I mean, I, I cannot imagine how, mu how afraid he should have been. And that was very hard because... Of course, he, he didn't support me uh, in this. And then there were also my friends. My friends were, were very um, curious about it too. And they didn't understand it. And I remember that was, there was this uh, situation when uh, one of my closest friends, he came to me and he told me that uh, my other friends <laughs> asked him how I was doing and if I was sure of what the decision I was making and if he could talk with me. I think that everyone was very much afraid and I was freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where I was going next. How, how were you feeling in, in, in all of this? Because I, I guess in your head also, there was this voice saying, stay, stay, stay. And the other voice saying, mm, go, go, go. How was, how was dealing with that? You know, plus the input from outside. How did you find the, you know, the peace or, you know, the, 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 the yeah, the serenity to say, okay, I am taking this decision and uh, it'll be the right decision for me. And uh, this is it. How did you reach that, that, that point? Because at a certain point, you must have felt afraid, like you were saying. But at, at the next step, you must have felt some security in your decision or at least some, uh, uh, you know, you must have felt, okay, this is the right decision. I have to give, have this, take this leap of faith in a way. Fear is the biggest challenge you can encounter along your way, any way that it is that you are taking. And I think that there's this huge difference between people who have uh, the capacity to resist the fear of humiliation. <laughs> And I, I guess that the thing is, what I thought for myself was, what's the worst thing that can happen? Everything goes south i will study this post-graduation in management i will invest my money and it will go to trash i will not get a job anywhere and i will realize that i'm only suitable to become a medical doctor 
Now, of course, when you make a decision, you never know that it's the right decision. You only know that it's the right decision when you reach the end of the line. You try to make the best decision with the information that you have available. So that's what I did in that moment. I, I talked with a lot of people and I had, even though there were a lot of people around, around me that were afraid, I also had a good um, support network. My, my mom was very supportive, my brother and sister too, and even my friends. They were afraid, but at the same time, of course, they wanted me to be happy. And so there were also some people um, that, that, I, that were in my life before that, from my family and that were no longer around, but they were very inspiring and I always kept them on my mind. And so I thought the worst case scenario, but I think this is a very important thing, but just let's just pause on this. This is a very important thing for us to do with any decision. Best case scenario, worst case scenario, What's the likelihood of the worst case scenario happening? And what am I going to do from now? And what I realized is, yeah, the worst case scenario can happen. I mean, but what's the worst case scenario if I go and practice medicine and if I am unhappy and if I have to do that until I'm 70? I mean, I will, it will be way, way worse than studying management and not getting a job. And, and this fear of not being able to, to meet an expectation, this was very present in my mind for a long time. Even when I, when I went to my, and th this is a very funny story. When I, when I applied to work at Philip Morris, there was like, first I had to do an online test. Then I had to do this group um, exercise. And then I had a, an individual interview and then I would have to go there for a whole day and do this huge assessment that would finish in an interview again. So I passed the online exams and then I went to this group exercise, which it was in a hotel. And I remember going there and seeing a lot of young people with their suits on, you know, people that were competing with me to get inside the company and they were also applying to consultancies and to I don't know to huge companies they studied economics they studied engineer they studied um, management and marketing and I thought oh I just studied medicine <laughs> I shouldn't be here like I had this I remember perfectly I had this white shirt and blue trousers and I thought I'm not even dressed up as I should I should be wearing a suit I don't even have a suit why do I need one I'm just going to leave. And so I, I went towards the elevator and I pushed the button. And then this guy comes out of the room and says, you can all come in. We're going to start. And that's the moment. I Seriously, I remember this so well. That's the moment where I thought, what's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> Humiliation. And then these people don't know me from anywhere. So I just went inside. So you had a you had acute uh, imposter syndrome there for a while, and then the guy opened the door and said, "Ah, oh, you know what? Let's do this." Yeah, screw it. <laughs> Basically, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, this is super interesting. One, one. So for sure, one of the things that people may might may deal with 
and in different degrees because people have different personalities is how they deal with uh, uh, critique from outside with with how they imagine other people view them plus if this pe these people are family it has another weight uh, uh, upon it and uh, i think uh, one of the things you said that's that's uh, a good uh, uh, kind of a good rule of thumb is go find uh, information and discuss these ideas with people who bring balance to you in your life and uh, and uh, who you feel or know that they don't come in the conversation with a certain bias and then you you can start because on your own sometimes it's hard to take such a, de a decision but like you say go go talk with the people who are kind of a good soundboard for you to bounce ideas exactly. and to and to <laughs> discuss really and honestly and and that's the best way to kind of uh, get to uh, to have confidence in your decision I'm, i totally totally agree with you and, and and i think it's something to keep just to share another funny story before the um that group exercise i actually also called i i i'm very i'm very sad that i don't remember who told me this but i talked with someone that told me you're doing a group exercise? And I said, yeah, I'm doing, what, what should I do? I mean, you Google on, you Google group exercise or group um, dynamics and you don't know what's going to happen. And the person told me, whatever you do, don't be the first to talk. <laughs> so when they put you discussing, they will give you the, like this business, they gave me this business case, I studied it. And, and, and the person told me, don't be the first to start. I'm very proactive. I'm very do, do thing. I, I might, I have a motto, which is see one, do one, teach one, you know, and I was always like that. And when the person told me this, I was like, okay, I have to take a deep breath, not be the first one to intervene. And I remember sitting there at the table and the guy gave us additional information to the business case we had, we had received before. And he said, okay, so now you can go through it, read it, and then you can start discussing and we'll be here and I'll be here evaluating. And so we went through it, we read it. And then we faced each other. And then, and I was thinking, don't be the first to speak. Let's see who's the first. And then there was this guy that, girl, I don't remember, but someone waited like three seconds maybe and immediately started, okay, so I think we should do it like this. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you were the first one. <laughs> Thank God I waited. <laughs> yes. But you know, it's like, it's, it seems so small. It seems something so small, but I mean, at a different scale, this is what we deal with every single day. Every day you go to a new meeting. Every day you talk with someone about something very specific that you don't, um, that it's not on your domain, that you, you, you're not sure about. We do this every day. We just have to take a leap of faith. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, you're touching upon something else, which is uh, the, the importance of knowing how to listen. And, uh, and uh, the, 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 the person who told you, don't be the first to talk, one thing she was or she or he was telling you is listen first and then what you'll say is going to be probably better than that first uh, words you would have uttered no very very uh, very important in some in some settings too interesting very cool yeah very wise so we talked about the fear you had of of jumping off the 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 medicine boat <laughs> or train let's say because uh, there were some stations still that you could have taken uh, and you took that leap then there was a little bit of fear of, am I, do I belong here? 
right? Which for you actually was just a couple of minutes until the person opened the door. But people, some people deal with this daily or and for a while, you know, even after getting into a new domain, do I belong here? Oh my God, they are so much smarter. They are more, so much more uh, knowledgeable about this than I am. But one of the things, especially, you know, you were talking about being very uh, good at at uh, uh, at how you studied to prepare for med school. I imagine also eventually very good at studying in med school. Although you said the volume was something that you had to to learn to deal with. Um, but this leads me to. Uh, because and here you're already talking, we were already talking about your interview uh, process. And I feel that some of all, all of that work and the way your mind was formatted, let's say, by all those years of studying had uh, some impact on how you prepared for these interviews and then on how you performed in these interviews and then how and then why you were uh, hired. Can you uh, can you develop a little bit on, on, on that aspect? of the transferable skills, let's say? Yeah. Um, I truly believe that we should follow our passions, but we cannot be careless about our preparation. So we need to make sure that we build a robust starting point so we can go forward with confidence and integrity and so that we can be also honest with ourselves. And this is very, very important. I think that some very relevant skills or, or attitudes that I, that I brought from medicine are perseverance and organization and the mindset of continuous, continuous learning and development. We, we need to, to be humble enough to understand that we will always be learning from books, from people, from situations and we need to be aware of that and we need to pay attention because there are so many things happening around us that we don't pay attention to and that are teaching us lessons and so i guess the the those the skills that i think that are more transferable are the perseverance definitely and the organization and the continuous learning and development i mean a doctor studies the whole life everything is changing <laughs> every day <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, what would you say if I suggested problem solving? Because I imagine, you know, uh, and just imagining there's a patient, some machine starts beeping that shouldn't, you don't know what's happening. There's probably some of that in there too, although I don't know exactly in your, your ears of rotations and things you did, how much you were uh you and your and your colleagues were put in front of situations where you had to problem solve but i imagine to some extent yes yeah we we i mean during the six years of the medical course you're not put in extreme situations because you're a student so if you you cannot be put in situ be put in situations that you're gonna maybe not be able to handle and then you're gonna put uh, the patient in danger yes so it's more on the small things, you know, because sometimes you also need to make some decisions on small things. I mean, I remember that some colleagues of mine uh, did Erasmus in, in Germany. I did Erasmus in, in Belgium, and some of them went to, to Germany. And Germ in Germany, they, they appreciated to have medical students from Portugal a lot because we have this ability of... Uh, figuring out alternative solutions for everything. You know that that, that very well-known image of a situation of someone that is 
not managing to to breathe in the restaurant and then someone comes with a pen and they break the pen in half and then they put it in the throat and they, and the day is saved yeah i think that you you could see that in small things also on a daily basis i mean it's it's like you said in your intro i mean it's it's a little bit entrepreneurship and it's a little bit figuring out solutions and the the difference between a creative and an uncreative mind is not the way that the creative has different thoughts it's just that the creative person takes what goes on their mind more seriously and so we just you know we just have to to be aware pay attention and yes problem solving is definitely also a skill maybe i would have developed it further if i would have gone to the next step of medicine mm. studies which i did not go <laughs> okay excellent now thinking of uh uh you know changing domains and a little bit of uh, uh imposter syn imposter syndrome like i mentioned how was it then so you were hired uh, after i don't know if, if the exercise was the last round of of tests but you were hiding you dove into this swimming pool where you you hadn't been before it was a new domain well you had studied you had studied management uh but how you know how was it uh, or how easy was it to to uh fit in, into those those new uh shoes <laughs> that you had uh, to fit into that new space Uh, maybe as a woman, I don't know if if, that, if there was a challenge there at all, but also as uh, someone coming from a totally different domain, did you find uh, any, um, any any pushback, any resistance, or did did things go naturally and and easily once you had gone through the interviewing process? So, well, I didn't find any challenge because of being a woman. I think that. The, the the PMI is a, is a very um, good company in, the, in what comes to gender balance and also in what comes to learning and development. Um, what I, you know, the mindset that I entered the company was, I don't know anything of this. They know that I don't know anything of this. So they hired me because they, for some reason, believe that I am able to learn and to, and to do this and maybe someday some other thing. And so that's what I did. I mean, of course, it was a bit strange. And in the beginning, a lot of people would, would ask me about my story and a lot of clients too. And eventually, when I left the company, actually, someone told me that Of course, it was um, harder for me because I had a totally different background. And I actually never, I mean, I realized that it was hard, but I just thought that it was hard for everyone. And, and you know, it's like, and, and also because I, I put myself into situations, I just, I pushed harder and I met some amazing people that supported me, that believed in me, that... You know, that just, that opened the door for me. And when I shamelessly harassed them to ask for advice and to share my, my fears and, and, and my doubts, they just talked with me and received me. And I think that's amazing. It was really great. I, I didn't feel like that a lot, uh, a lot of challenges in that sense that you asked, at least. Okay. So you said, well, I don't see... 
I don't see what they see in me, but they see something. I'll trust that, and 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 learn and learn hands on in a way. Yeah, and then, learn that, on the that, fly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very interesting. We're almost reaching the the midpoint, the the half point of the interview, but you know, and and I think we will still. I still want to talk a little bit more, even maybe a little bit after the break on what came after in, in terms of career development and how, how you got there. But one thing that, uh, that I wanted to ask is throughout, you know, all this time, even during, uh, your time in, in, uh, in med school, uh, is what, cause you said that after med school, you, you looked for training and that's, that's awesome. And, and anyone who wants to reorient, if you have training certification that you can take, then that, that'll help you, you know, get into that position, do it. It's the best thing you can do. And and you've studied either through a PhD or med school, you know how to study, you know to, how to learn something new. But um, were there other uh, resources you resorted to? Uh, you talked about people uh, that, that you that you talked with a lot uh, or, you know, friends that, that you could discuss things with. It's also always important, uh, you know, keeping your links to family and friends. But are there other things? Uh, I don't know if you do sports. I don't know. Uh, I'm just wondering, because med school is probably very nerve-wracking to a certain point, especially as, <laughs> as you advance. Did you have strategies to help you keep your inner world in balance? And also, once you took the leap, because that must have been, you must have had some anxiety probably from, from that change. You know, What were your strategies to keep ba balanced uh, within? Okay, so... Sort of two questions, resources and strategies. <laughs> so um, in terms of resources, I found that there's a lot of stuff online and there's some actually very cool stuff and very well structured and very good and very reliable. So reading and reading Also, I, I think we have to be very careful about what we read. We have to make sure that the sources are reliable. And if the sources are reliable, it's a great way of learning, doing online courses, reading opinion um, publications, or reading actually scientific articles and talking with people. I mean, I don't want to call people a resource, but... But people around you, I mean, learning with other people, asking them the questions. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? They think that you're stupid because you don't know the answer. Whatever. I mean, it will pass them. They, they will forget about that. And, and you will not forget about the answer. And you will not forget that that person was available to support you. So people, uh, online tools, books. Books are fundamental. I mean, reading is, it keeps, it's your exercise for your brain. So, I mean, when, when I, I, I discovered the habits, I developed the habits um, later on in my life, not after med school, just two years ago or something, which is meditating and I meditate daily. And I realized that it's, it's an exercise to the mind and not the exercise of pushing away all your thoughts. It's just being focused, being in that moment. And just like I, I just like I decided to prioritize and put meditation into my day, I also did that with reading. Even if you just read two or three sentences a day, you just do it. And I actually just established uh, a couple of days ago this rule for me. I'm going to read at least two or three sentences a day because I was very um, 
not disciplined. Yeah, very regular about that. And in terms of, of um, strategies, there is this one amazing superpower that we all have and we under, underestimate it. And that superpower is sleep. (laughs) (laughs) We need to prioritize sleep. I mean, from everything that we can do, people say, I don't have time for this and that. And I I never accept that kind of of argument. We do have time. We just prioritize things. And we need to prioritize sleep because sleep is what allows your brain to keep working and what allows you to be balanced the day after. So sleep is definitely something that got me through university. And also um, exercise, it was very irregular also during university, but it's very important because your body speaks with you. Uh, Before you even know what you're feeling or what you want to do, your body speaks with you. And so you should really take good care of it to make sure that he speaks in a well-mannered language and he's telling you the right things. (laughs) Yeah. So sleep, exercise, meditation, and learn how to prioritize. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can, uh, it's funny, you were mentioning books before and you can learn about all of this reading books, meditation, exercise. Anyway, uh, you're, you're right that, uh, reading you know now uh, well we're on a podcast and people are listening to things there's audiobooks uh, well actually audiobooks is another way but it's true that and it's funny because i was not a a big reader per se uh, during my life and now i'm reading more and more and um and it is it is kind of a, to me I, I tell me if you agree there's the part of learning information but there's also a part of being transported to another uh could be another universe depending on what you read if it's fantasy or whatever but there, there's this thing of being transported somewhere else and, and kind of letting your brain breathe but then also of of getting good information if you read good books <laughs> but that's very important you know because when you get transferred to another reality and to another universe you're you are stimulating your creative brain so you even if you're not aware of that immediately Later, you will do different sorts of connections and you will figure out a way of solving some problem using some kind of things that you read and you're just going to, you know, apply it in a different way. There's, there's this really uh, funny exercise when you do an exercise of design thinking, which is put yourself in the, in the persona of a superhero and try to solve the problem as if you were Superman or Spider-Man or Wonder Woman or whatever. So you have to use... A superpower and you know this this seems like it's absolutely nuts but it's not because when you you set your your mind loose it just comes up with wonderful solutions and definitely uh audiobooks and podcasts it's they're they're also a great way of learning especially if you have to do a lot of commuting so because then you're you're using your time well i i, I sometimes i just think that we are not approaching things as they actually are. For example, if I live on the sixth floor and every day I walk the stairs to go to my place and then I convince myself that I never exercise, it's not true. I do. I exercise every day. I walk the stairs to go to my sixth floor apartment. 
And if I focus on this and if I am aware, if I set my intention before I actually start climbing the stairs, I will actually be doing exercise. But if I just complain afterwards and I say, I don't have time, I mean, take every opportunity, use the stairs, use your commuting to, to, to read or to listen to podcasts or to an audiobook or, or to just do nothing, to, to take your time to breathe, you know, use your time wisely. Your time is your biggest tool. It's true. And, and sometimes it's true that we're, it's hard to be intentional about every minute that, that passes. Some of them, you kind of just burn them or, or, or if, especially if you're complaining or, you know, uh, thinking of, of the past, uh, you may burn a lot of very precious minutes and, and hours sometimes like that. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, Inish, we've arrived at the, the half point of the interview. We're going to take a little break. And uh, and then uh, we'll come back. And um, I, I find it really interesting that you mentioned creativity, uh, because I think it has a lot to do with your journey. But we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this on part two. Okay, thanks. If you enjoyed the insights shared on the show each week, and would like to dig deeper into some of the subjects covered, you can now join the Papa PhD Postgraduate Career Exploration Group on Facebook. There. You will find like-minded listeners, but also a few of the past guests who will be taking part in the conversation. So, to start a conversation, just go to facebook.com forward slash PhD and ask to join. So, welcome to part two of today's episode with Inês Campos Costa. And um, we we were talking uh, before the break. Uh, one of the things we were talking before the break actually was how... Uh, Inês was uh, was putting creativity as as one uh, uh, one of the things that sometimes we may not think of when we think of ourselves as professionals and uh, uh, you know independently of the area you work in and I, I just wanted to note how that I feel that's important and then it's a very interesting way to look at things how you know we think of creativity as art music but you can be creative solving business problems saving someone that who has a disease or a, 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 had has has had a, an, an accident or something so creativity is something we should definitely cultivate and maybe now that we're all you know in in uh, uh, isolation in confinement because of uh, covid maybe it's you can give ourselves some exercises to cultivate uh, to cultivate uh, our, our creativity and it could be reading something different or it can it could just be a uh, you know creating something with your hands uh, something from scratch that 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 you're not used to do anyway it was just a thought that i wanted to put out there yeah and and building on what you said by the way one thing and we were we were talking in our break about the meditation uh it's fascinating how so many creative thoughts come during meditation people have this idea that you should clear your mind during meditation and actually what happens is that meditation clears um, your mind from uh, toxic thoughts you know from from you just it, the noise it, it, from the noise yeah from the noise and it it creates space for you to come up with beautiful things and beautiful creative solutions and and beautiful innovative ideas And you don't even know you have that inside of you if you not create space for it to happen. So 
I would like to challenge everyone who's listening to this podcast, <laughs> if you would like for the next week or so, or two weeks, and this will not help you only with creativity, it will actually help you with all this pandemic situation, try meditating for one minute. There's so many resources online. And then try step it up for three minutes and just stick with the three minutes every day. It's just three minutes of your day. And it actually has a very powerful impact on your life. Just a challenge. <laughs> I'd really be curious to know what's the neurological uh, basis of, of what you're, what you're uh, uh, saying, but it, it's definitely true. It's, it's as if there's, there's more bandwidth that you gain, or maybe there's not, not more bandwidth, but you clean up a lot of uh, the the dross and then so, you know some shining uh, and unexpected things may come out of it for sure all right uh, listeners out there do take this challenge i think uh, it, it's going to help you and again given that that we're not we're now all uh, at home waiting for this pandemic to subside i think it's a good moment to try to implement something like that for sure <laughs> thanks for the idea Inish. it's a really great one now um just thinking of the auditors that are still studying uh they still have a year or two of studies uh do you have any advice on how they can make the most of their time at university leading to their future uh for their future career well even if you are in not in a very happy place right now get your education and have the discipline to continue learning from books and people even after you're finished. Understand that um, university is way more than just theoretical knowledge being dumped on you. University is a laboratory. Do that presentation that scares the eh, out of you. <laughs> Ask that question that gets you stick, sick to your stomach. Get passionate fiercely. Do not regret the choices that you didn't do. Just, just do it. Go for it. And if it doesn't work out, remember that in two years' time, it won't matter. And you might not even remember the details. However, you do remember the lessons you learn and hold them tight because it will be valuable to your future non-academic career. It, it will be very helpful to you. So if there's something, this is something that my father repeated to me a lot of times and, and that it still sticks to me until today. Do not regret the choices that you didn't make. So just go for it. I, I totally agree. And especially if, if you've already... Because I've heard of people uh, stopping at the master's, depending on if, if, the, if there's in a country where this, that's how it works, they can decide, you know what, I'll just finish my master's and not go towards uh, the PhD. But if you've already put in two, three, four, uh, five years, depending on, again, on where you are, that last you know, part of the mountain that you're climbing to get to the top may be the most difficult one, but it also will be very, very fulfilling at the end. Plus, it will have echoes throughout your life. First, you know, one of the things that, that comes out of there and tell me if you agree, Inej, is you will tell yourself, hey, I, was I, I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, but I was able to do it. And this will empower you to take on bigger and, and bigger projects later on in your life. Definitely. That's definitely a huge thing. You know, 
it's much worse the feeling that you will get later on if you haven't done something because you were afraid or you thought you can do it than the feeling of rewarding that you will get by thinking, I tried it, I did it, I succeed, or I did it, I did not succeed as I thought that I would, but still, I, I tried it. I mean, you are basically teaching your brain, which is very uh, indisciplined, in, uh, which is very not disciplined. You're basically teaching your brain that he should stick to things and he should go through it. And it, that's, that's actually very, very rewarding. So I totally, totally agree with you. Now, uh, just one note. And, and of course, if you were at a point in your academic uh, path where you're, you're having uh, mental health issues and, and it's physically uh, or psychologically hurting you, of course, you know, your health comes first. Uh, I think uh, you will agree with me on that too. <laughs> Nothing is uh, worth putting your health and your in, your physical and mental integrity at uh, in jeopardy. So ju I just wanted to put it out there to kind of be fair and balanced with with uh, my statement. <laughs> sure, but I, if you if you let me, I would actually like to share a story about that because um, there's a difference between what is not very good for you in physical and mental terms and what you are just getting yourself be tricked by your brain. So we really have to know how to, to separate this. So one thing is you don't like what you're doing and you're just, you know, fed up with that. Stick, stick with it because you will feel so, um, proud of yourself afterwards and you will have gained something super valuable that you wouldn't have gained in any other way. So stick with it. Another thing is when it's actually not good for you in physical terms. And I actually had a situation when I was studying med school because, I mean, I, I told you the story already. I was never very sure if I wanted to do that, but I just sticked until the end. And I did not listen to my body. And actually, it's something that I think it's so important to listen to our own body. And what happened is that I was, um, I had this, this really, really nasty uh, stomach aches. And I had a lot of gastrointestinal somatization because of my anxiety of not knowing if I was doing the right thing or not the right thing. And if I should stay there or if I should not stay there. And I just went through it until the end. And I'm sure that some of my friends still remember that sometimes I would just have to leave in the middle of classes because I was feeling really, really bad. And I, I cannot connect any specific situation with that. It's just, I just had this generalized feeling that maybe I was not in the right place. And, and that's purely anxiety. And I could have dealt with it. I could have, you know, managed to, to find a way to, to deal better with it. And, and a, a very good thing is that, um, fortunately it did not, uh, become something bigger. I, it did not become a, a mental issue that was pressing and that had to, and that was, that was bad for me, but still it had some consequences. And I, I actually only realized what was happening when I changed my life. And I never had that sort of episodes again. And I still say that I don't regret having gone through it. However, 
it's something that we're not very used to, you know, uh, listening to our body and being aware. So just be gentle with yourself, be compassionate with yourself. If you are not well, stop for a while, think about it. And if you don't go until to the end, I mean, at least gather all the facts, gather all the information and make that decision a conscious decision. Don't, don't act uh, impulsively because you will feel bad about it and you will create this image of yourself, which is not good for you. I mean, we, 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 we say so many things to ourselves repeatedly, which are not good for us. And then we just build this image that we are this person with these characteristics because we, we failed this or that and because we gave up. And then we think that we will never be as good as some other person. And that's totally nuts. Just make your decisions consciously and be, be patient and be, be, be kind with yourself and your body and your mind. And and I think that's very very important too. Definitely. You uh, again you, during the break you you mentioned how a mentor had had kind of told you this idea of listening to your body. And first, it's it's not something that we're trained to do. Actually, maybe the opposite. We're trained to say, "Oh no, that didn't hurt." You know, you growing growing up, people say, oh, "You're no, you're you're being too uh, dramatic," or uh, and uh, it, it's you're kind of you have you're kind of responsible for being that that uh that person who's listening to what your body is telling you because people out uh, outside some people who are more empathic may see something but society at large is not trained to do that even university you you can be many students and and one one prof and you know th i think you're right now how do you train yourself to listen to your to your to your body more how what would you say uh Because you were mentioning stomach aches, what could be other um, uh, signs uh, that, that you that you that might um, that you should take heed to to say, okay, I have to stop and and take care of this. Uh, in your experience, uh, so you said that on in your case, it was it was in your uh, I don't know stomach aches or or something like that. Uh, do you have? I don't know if you've read you know in your in your studies about how anxiety can uh can express itself definitely some somatization is like a huge thing and what i realized even now i'm not practicing medicine but a lot of times a lot of people from my family reach out to me to ask like i have this back uh, pain or i have a headache what should i do and If I take a while to ask them the right questions and to understand where that came from, usually it goes away. Because, it, like, seriously, because it's, I mean, listening to our bodies, understanding that, of course, that you can go to the muscle and pull a muscle, go to the gym, pull a muscle, and then you will have pain. And of course, that you can have a depression. And of course, that you can break a leg. But there this, there's this huge amount of things that you also get because you're anxious or because you're sad or because you're happy actually too. So things like your, your, your headaches, for example, you are very anxious for an exam and, or for example, before this podcast, I had this huge stomach ache again uh, because I was thinking, oh my God, what am I going to say? Am I going to be helpful to someone? Am I, am I not going to be helpful? Is this going to be good? I, I don't want to expose myself in this way, but You know, it's just 
I realized why, why I, I actually thought about postponing. And then I just, you know, you just, when, that, when this starts happening, you just have to stop, right? Seriously stop. I mean, leave the, the university, leave your pets, leave your, your, your children. Just, just stop for, for, for five minutes with yourself and ask yourself, what am I feeling? And where, what is my state of mind right now? So do, does my, do my physical sensations have to do with my state of mind right now? Is there a connection? Did this start because of something? And if you are having a lot of episodes, what's, ha- what, what's actually helpful, for example, is to have a journal and to write it down, to write down when you, when you feel something that doesn't feel very good, just to understand if it might have to do with something that you are feeling and not exactly with something that is physical or, and, and, and it's, it's funny because this thing of, there, there's this, um, this cliche uh, sentence um, and just going back to the, the topic of um, creativity and doing things and entrepreneurship, you know, this sentence about magic happens outside of your comfort zone and everyone starts thinking, how do I know if I'm on my comfort zone or not? And why, how do I know if I'm going too far or not? How do I know <laughs> if I should stop? And the thing is your body will tell you, it, it, your body will tell you, what is the perfect, where is the perfect spot for you to leave your comfort zone, staying honest to yourself, but you just have to learn how to listen to it. Definitely. Uh, it's funny. I, I've, I don't have a, I don't keep a journal. I've, I hear that it, it can help a lot of people. Uh, and, um, and, uh, one of the things I, I heard when you're anxious and I, and I don't know if, this doesn't have to go on to the interview. I'm just saying it because I heard it and I kind of like to hear your, your, your take on it is because sometimes when people, when, so when you get very anxious, you're repeating to yourself. You remember you said you were talking in, in part one uh, of, oh, this is the worst case scenario. This is the base, best case scenario. And then, you know, we know statistics. Usually you don't fall on the worst, but, the, but when you get anxious and there's these negative thoughts that are like just bouncing around your head like a, like a loose uh, electron, uh, that it's just you, it's almost as if you have a tunnel vision and all you see is the worst case scenario. And I heard one of the things was, write it down in your journal, this worst case scenario, and then look at it every day or even write it every day. And eventually it helps people see how exaggerated it can be, that, 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 that distorted view. I don't know if, if this is an exercise that you do, but what you said just made me think of that. And, and uh, uh, I think it, to me it makes sense as an exercise. I just don't know how, how, how uh, in practical terms if that would if actually help or not. I don't know. I don't know what you, you think. You can try it out and then <laughs> yeah. you can share with us in the next, next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, keeping a journal, just now going back to keeping a journal. So if you're a student, I'm thinking always of, of the listeners out there who are either students or who are dealing with, you know, this, okay, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm looking for jobs. And now people are more stressed because the the markets are stopping with with this whole covid thing and when when there's you know a lot of fear mongering in the media 
some of it ends up even if we meditate if we're pretty you know resilient to to stress and to anxiety some of it may seep in and um maybe maybe a, a journal is something that if you have emotions that are kind of uh um coming a little bit out of your control if you put it on paper and and you know structure your thought a little bit more maybe i i agree maybe it's 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 something that that can help even if you have an objective not just about you know general emotions of anxiety but what am i going to do okay what are the steps towards my next professional uh change uh who should i call uh you know what course should i take if i want to have this job etc etc if you put it down on paper i think it it could be a good idea but you know that's actually backed up by science there's this part of your brain which is um part of a primal set of circuitry <laughs> that evolved which is called the amygdala <laughs> so basically the amygdala is always looking out for threats it puts you in a fight flight or freeze mode and when you're listening to i think this is actually the you, you were telling me before sorry just a uh, parenthesis you were telling me before if i could uh maybe give some advice in this pandemic situation and i think this is the biggest advice so the amygdala puts you in this state of fight flight or freeze and it gets you rushing on your emotions the amygdala it's like when someone tells you um this food is very salty and you've been cooking for hours the amygdala tells you what is this person saying? This person is telling that, that I don't cook well. I just, I put so many, so much time on this. I put so much effort. I mean, what the heck? And this is what the amygdala is doing inside. And then comes the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is the center for thinking and for reasoning. The prefrontal cortex is what comes in and says, hey, look, maybe this person has hypertension. And so this person never puts salt in the food and is very, very sensitive to salt. And so the amygdala, just because of this small and short conversation, says, okay, then no more fight, flight, or freeze. Let's just step back and wait for the next threat to come in. So basically, this is what's happening in your brain. Your amygdala is firing up and your prefrontal cortex is trying to keep the amygdala stable. And when you label your feelings, when you, you don't even have to write it down, but writing it down actually is very helpful. When you label what is happening, you engage the prefrontal cortex and that lowers the energy of the amygdala because if you are engaging the prefrontal cortex, then the amygdala is being toned down. So what you said is absolutely right. And I totally advise it. In this crazy uh, state of the world and in this absolutely frightening situation that we are living if we start uh, writing down a little bit of what is happening and what we are feeling and labeling what we are feeling that might actually help us to cope better with it because we will be activating the prefrontal cortex to uh, regulate the crazy nuts and fired up amygdala <laughs> i hope this was clear <laughs> oh no and i love it and especially the fact that you that you went a little bit deeper into 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 the the scientific aspect of it to the the 
the neurophysiology of it, although still quite simple. I, I really, really like that you did that. <laughs> it's, it's super cool. And uh, yeah, the amygdala, the, the, the example that always comes up is it was developed at a time where we had to escape uh, the yeah. big tooth, uh, the saber tooth tiger or whatever. <laughs> so you needed to to freeze maybe if you, if the anim if it's an animal that just needs movement or to i mean needs you to move for to yes. see you and run after you or at uh, at the the, the other uh, the other run end away. of the spectrum <laughs> run away if it's something that you that you can outpace uh, with your with your uh, with your legs but the thing that i hear uh, is that somehow today instead of feeling this only for five minutes to save your life, some people are living with this feeling of freeze, fight or flight during the 20, not 24 hours, because eventually they sleep if, if they're not, if they don't have uh, insomnia, but, and, and that this has health, uh, negative health effects. The fact that this thing that was supposed to, during 10, 15 minutes, get you running and be alive, having it 24 hours a day, 24-7, it takes a toll on your health. If you think about it, it's what stress is. Stress is a constant state or fight or flight, fight or flight, fight or flight, freeze, freeze, fight or flight, fight or flight, freeze, freeze. I mean, you're all the time, you are like this inside of you, outside of you. You are all the time, you are trying to figure out what you're going to do next and how you're going to protect yourself. So, I mean, it's crazy. It's draining. It's draining to your, yes. yeah, to your energy. No, for sure. And, and again, if you can, because not everyone, again, likes the, the or is made for meditation but of course in my experience it's one of the things that that are very very good to uh, probably activate the prefrontal cortex like you were saying and tone tone the, the the amygdala down completely anyway i i could talk about this for another half hour <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you're not up to meditation just engage in an activity that uh that you can manage to be totally focused on for a while because that's basically what meditation does. So if you enjoy uh, surf, probably you know that, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a, an apprentice of a surfer. So when I, when I go to the sea, I am totally focused on what I'm doing because if I'm not focused, I might lose the waves and then the set is gone. So it's kind of a way of a meditation. And if you are the kind of person that does not like to go surfing, but you like to go to the gym and lift some weight, Put your phone on flight mode and totally commit to that. Or if you like doing yoga, you already do probably a little bit of meditation. Or if you just want to go walk on, on the nature and in, this, in these times of um, closure at home, you, you, can act, you can do that. And, it's not, and then you can tell me, hey, so I like to watch television. It's not the same thing. Because you are having a lot of uh, audiovisual stimulus with the television. And... The whole point is, 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 is exactly not to have that kind of stimulus and to have another kind of stimulus. So do other things. Just read a book or go for a short walk. Even if when you go put the trash outside, just don't take your phone and don't take your iWatch. Just go with yourself and take one step at a time and be present in that moment. And... And that's already a kind of a meditation or playing with your kids or 
Definitely, definitely. Today uh, I was asked to do uh, face painting, so I have a Spider-Man and a Pikachu down uh, that that are waiting for me to <laughs> <laughs> to finish the interview. But uh, no, for sure, things that that you you totally zone out. You somehow exactly. you transport it somewhere else where where you don't think about oh today tonight I need to cook uh, or. Uh, or this or that email that may be coming in then that um, that may be important that's yeah a moment where you totally disconnect for sure for some people cooking <laughs> you cooking, just gave a good idea <laughs> knitting uh, all yeah. these things that take concentration exactly and, and that you really need to focus uh, yeah Anyway, we could start a whole episode on what uh, on the concept <laughs> of flow, what flow is, etc. Yeah, I, I find it definitely. very very interesting. But um, I wonder. So, are these things? Because um, you know, I, we were talking before and in your intro how you you like to help people, uh, you know, become kind of the best version of themselves. And uh, clearly, you've you've taken training towards all towards all of, of towards this objective of helping people. And you know. Let's say you've been through med school uh, and now uh, we're all living through this pandemic. Uh, and, you know, where I want to where I want to get is life is made of challenges and different challenges. And in, in, in my case, in the case of many of, of the listeners, one of the big challenges is grad school or med school or law school. And, uh, you know, you, you, you teach yourself different things. Uh, you break or through some of your uh, inhibitions of maybe public speaking, etc. Uh, you've already talked about uh, dealing with anxiety, and and I think it's something that, especially these days, is probably the get you know getting to more and more people, just because it's such a different situation, and then there's a disease, and then there's talks of of, of you know pe you know number of people that that uh, that uh, have have been deceased uh, with, with this with this disease, um, but uh, we were also talking, uh, and especially yeah, we were talking in the break about social media and how they have a good side and a bad side, and uh, it's probably a little bit unexpected for you, but uh, I'd like to have your take on. You know, being a, a healthy human in the 21st century, <laughs> you know, you, you're, if, you're, um, if your objective is helping people be the best versions of themselves, what would you say, and not repeating the stuff that we've already said, one of them is disconnect. And disconnect means leave your phone and your iWatch, etc. That's for sure. It's, I think it's an important thing to have these capsules of time where you you're just in the moment and you're just you but what do you imagine are other challenges that people are having these days that are maybe new to the 21st century and that you want to help people with as a as a as a professional let's say so actually one of the things that i we've been hearing a lot about and which I find quite quite interesting because it's something that I actually think a lot about on myself is purpose. And we're all talking about purpose and you have to figure out your purpose. And what you see a lot is people leaving their jobs and if they're young, just go backpacking around the world. And if they're not that young, they, they just leave their jobs and do some other stuff or, or if they cannot leave their jobs because for example they have a family that they have the support mm -hmm. they just 
miserable at their jobs and they convince themselves of that every single day. I mean, one of the things that I think is very important and aligned with supporting other people is we have to recognize that we will not be doing all the time things that have a clear purpose. And we need to figure out original ways of finding purpose in things that we're going to have to do because we're going to have to do. I mean, imagine by the end of this crisis, maybe some people will be unemployed and they will have to get jobs and maybe they will not be the perfect jobs. And just embrace that as part of your process of development and believe that the, the ride is very long. I mean, put everything into perspective. Imagine that you are going to live 1,000 years and you're in the 300th year. Are you going to suffer that much because you're, you have to step down for 10 years? No, because it's 1,000 years. And I think that we forget that a lot. And, and even I do. I mean, I, I do forget that a lot because it's very easy for us to get stuck on the daily basis things and stop putting things into perspective and surround yourself with people that help you with that, to put perspective, to put things into perspective. So basically acknowledge that you are not gonna have 100% joy all the time doing whatever it is that you do. And it's fine. Everyone goes through it. And surround yourself with good people. And the same way that you actively surround yourself with good people, actively take out of your life toxic people. And I think that's something that's very hard for us to accept um, and to do because we have this idea from our childhood that we need to have this group of friends and, and we need to have it for life. And we also have this idea that from Disney movies that we will find love and we'll live happily ever after and that uh, our family has to be perfect in so many ways. And newsflash, nothing is perfect. And we do have to, we can do one thing about that. We can choose the people that we have in our lives and, and we should do it. I mean, you already do that in a way every day. You say some things to a friend that you do not say to another. Maybe it's not always for the right reasons. Maybe sometimes even if not very consciously, we are doing it because we don't want to be judged because we know that that person will judge us. However, if we do become conscious about that, maybe that's exactly the person that we should be asking because we are biasing ourselves because we don't want to hear another perspective. So just put everything into perspective. and. Just so I, I think just to, to add to the things that we said already and not to repeat the meditation and the being focused, choose the people that you have in your life and put things into perspective. Accept that things are not going to be wonderful all the time, but there's this thing in nature called the law of impermanence. And so everything that comes goes and accept that. I think that's a, uh, a huge learning also that I got. And sometimes it's very, very hard, of course. And some other times it's easier. <laughs> you just have to train it. Yeah, th there's always two 
sides to a coin, at least in this universe that we live on. We can have a, a single-sided coin. Uh, I totally, I totally agree with that. Uh, and one of the things that what you're saying makes me think is uh, we take for granted a lot of things that our grandparents or great-grandparents would think are magical, like yeah. cell phones, like Skype, Zoom. Yes. And we take them for granted. And then uh, it may, uh, you know, just imagining that there's, there's, you know, there's a big uh, electromagnetic pulse thing like you see in the movies and all, all of the, anything that's based, on, that's based on electricity or electromagnetic waves is down for a week. All of those things are gone. Yet you still, you know, you're still you. You're, you're still worth something. And... Uh, where where I where I was where my thought was going was um, maybe part of that mindfulness could be also I may have a job that at this point is not the perfect one that I had dreamed of but it may just be a stepping stone towards that one yeah. number one yes and, definitely and number two especially people living in 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 countries who are not at war because now. We know that there's a lot of countries out there, there's famines going on, there's wars going on. If you're in a country that's at peace, there's a, there's so much you can, you can be grateful for. And uh, your health, some, you know, some technology that, that you have access to, for sure. Um, and then this, maybe this idea that what, where I am today is not, uh, is not where I'll be forever. It's, it's a step it's it's a, it's a it's a chance to learn. Yes. I'm faced with a difficult uh, work work uh, a colleague. Maybe I'm going to learn something of, from this. It, it it's not there's always two sides to a coin. I don't know if definitely. I'm rambling, but I don't know. No, no, What's definitely. Your... I mean, we we can be in a very nasty situation, but as long as it doesn't uh, jeopardize our mental or physical health, it will come around. It might take a while, it might be really nasty, but eventually your, your quality of life does not depend on what is actually happening. It depends on the way that you approach what is happening, the way that you deal with it. And so there is, there is always something good that comes out of a situation. You might just not see it right now because you are in the middle of the tornado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to let the tornado go. And when it goes, then you will see what, it came, what came out of it. Again, as long as it does not uh, compromise your mental or physical health, then just trust that uh, the universe is your friend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I agree, and and uh, trust in yourself because there's so much messaging out there to compare yourself to others, be it on an advertisement, uh, it could be from peers and family. Uh, but uh, it's true, especially if you if you have embarked in graduate studies in med school, you've already gone very far in your achievements, and uh, you have tools for sure to to go much further if you've if you've gotten up to here. Uh, I, I think I think we we would both agree on that. Uh, now, it's I, I would talk with you. For, I, I feel like I could keep talking with you for hours and hours. Uh, and uh, but now I think we're, we're getting to the 
the the final stretch of the interview and um unless th there was something that that you wanted to sp speak in particular i was going to go to my my closing question uh which is uh, and uh you've heard it for sure in other episodes i know <laughs> that you have uh which is th that that point where uh, imagine that you could you know uh send a telegram to that time where you were finishing uh, med school and thinking of what was coming next and say and if you could in that telegram give three pieces of advice to uh, to Inesh at that time and to her Inesh's colleagues who were also probably some of them dealing with the same uh, questionings uh, what would those three uh, pieces of adv advice be the first one would be get to know yourself first seriously um, this is very important. <laughs> Look deep inside with humility, recognize what are your psychological preferences, understand how they work on your side and how they work against you and, and accept yourself and roll with it. So get to know yourself first. The first one. It is important. And again, in the society in which we are uh, these days doesn't or can easily feel uh, like like there's no space for you to do that and, and you need to find that space and, and for sure it's one of the most useful things uh, as you grow up is to because often we're, we're more prone to looking outside and even to look at us from what we imagine the outside is, is seeing instead of turning that, that eye inside and and, and and then looking, taking a deep look at yourself from your own standpoint, for sure. Yeah, you know that it's amazing how they don't teach this at school. They don't teach you how you can get to know yourself. And who you think you are is actually the combination of who you think you should be, who you think others expect you to be, <laughs> and, and, who you, and, and, and who you want to be. I mean, it's, it's really... It still fascinates me how come we haven't included this on the curriculum of children. You know, like, how come you're not 10 and you're already learning about this? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah it's, now it, it's very, even anything that's not science, uh, engine, uh, like uh, programming now is very much in fashion, etc. All the other things, music, art, is, is has fallen out of fashion in a way and... and I don't know. I, I imagine even parents are like, why? Why are you doing music? You need to learn how to be an engineer. So, yeah, an aspect of... Oh, my kids are talking. An aspect of philosophy would be, I would say, I would think would be, uh, would bring a lot of positive things to even kids. Yeah, for sure. Now, if you think about the future of work, um, when you bring a lot of um, AI to to work, what will happen is that AI is so powerful that it will optimize and perfection a lot of work that is done today. So what is left for us humans is to work in these human and social fields and the arts. And I mean, one thing that, that I like to ask and ask people, and I think it's curious to to, to, because sometimes they, they don't think about it. So if you think about it, uh, 
I like to ask this sometimes to people, if you would have the universal basic income and you would not have to work, what would you do? <laughs> have you thought about it? I mean, what would you do if you didn't have to work? This might be what we're facing in the future. Maybe not for me and for you, maybe even not for your kids, but maybe for your grandchildren. So, and, and we're worried about, I mean, of course we need to know how to code and, and we need to, to give skills that are the future skills and technological skills to our children, but we need to give them also the human and social skills that are so important for them to thrive. Um, but well, this is because you asked me. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's funny because yeah. I couldn't agree more for sure. I, I totally, totally agree. And I try to, to do that as much as possible with, with my kids. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, well, and let's, so we were at, we we're at point number one of the list. Yes. And then we diverted. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm destroying your podcast coherence. No, no, no worries. It's my fault. <laughs> so the first is get to know yourself first. Mm. And the second would be, uh, and I already said this before, but I cannot stress it uh, enough. Follow your passions, but be prepared. Don't be careless about your preparation. Make sure to build a robust starting point. Uh, so that you can have the confidence and integrity to go forward. So do the analysis that is required for you to be confident about the decisions that you're going to make and that you make them in good conscience and you can then follow what it is that you want to follow. And the third, and actually I'm going to say four, but the fourth is very, very short. <laughs> the third is, and I know that this might seem a little bit uh, weird and it would give another episode of a podcast, but I'm going to put it shortly. You have to put out in the universe the energy that you want to get back. And it's as simple as this. And the fourth is trust the process. Trust that it will work out somehow the way that it has to. Hmm. No, I... I... Yeah, I think you've summed. Uh, yeah, I, I think I can close the podcast now because you've summed it all up. <laughs> the 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 four uh, the four basic things that that uh, that anyone if 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 you do you know you you're set up to have a serene life with not too many you know bouts of uh, anxiety and uh, and you're building things because if you have projects if you set objectives for yourself you're going to be building things and when you build a row of bricks then you can put another row of bricks on top and that's how, uh, that's how life goes so for eventually, sure eventually a lot of people that want to grow walls of bricks will come and will join you yeah yeah there just has to be someone who starts <laughs> inish uh, i i really had a, a great time talking with you i think I'm gonna have uh, yeah a, a lot of uh, well anyway. editing to do. Uh, well, yeah, well, I, I, I'm not gonna put this in, but for sure I'm gonna I'm gonna edit. Or now I have I have a, what I do is I put the full episode on YouTube, and I put a one hour episode on on the podcast. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're you're totally right that 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 the one about putting energy out there. Uh, we could talk an, a whole other hour about it for sure, uh, and um, yeah, who knows if eventually we'll have a, another conversation on a, on a more focused theme. But it was great to hear, you know, how you came to to uh, to uh, you know have the interests that you have today, and uh, and 
and and how you transitioned from something that seemed very you know the right choice what everyone wants and then you know what this is not exactly for me i'm going to do something else and um and i think it's an inspiring example for people out there who might be having these questions which can be very difficult especially if especially if you're you know i'm studying to be a lawyer but now i don't want to be a lawyer yet everyone in society wants to be a lawyer how am i going to live with the weight of this decision and and with the look that people are going to give me afterwards and well you know what if you're a listener and and that's your situation you're not alone a lot of people have you know have lived through it inesh is one of them and if you had the the capacity to bring yourself to finishing such a such a demanding degree uh, you then can be sure to have the capacity to develop whichever project you set your mind and your heart to afterwards for sure definitely thank you david for having me and thank you for everyone uh, thank you everyone for listening and if there, there's someone like you said that's struggling and going through the same thing you can find me on linkedin easily or ask david if you know him and i'm super available to listen to you <laughs> if you want <laughs> and share more about my story i will share uh, your your linkedin link do you have uh, do you have any other uh, platforms where people can find you or reach you or is linkedin uh, no, uh, you mentioned LinkedIn, linkedin was the one right yeah perfect thank you so much Thanks for listening to another episode of the Papa PhD podcast. Head over to papaphd.com for show notes and for more food for thought about non-academic postgrad careers. I'll always be happy to share inspiring stories, new ideas and useful resources here on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to always keep up with the discussion and to hear from our latest guests.